Y'all ready to jump around? Cool. Awesome. Hey, uh, welcome to Highlight Church. Let's give it up for our first-time guest, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, please excuse my voice. Bear with me, and uh, we'll make it through it together. Let me evaluate this here. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome. We are we're excited to have you. And um, how was the opener to the series last week? Benaya jumping in a snowy pit to kill a lion. Amazing, man. Jumping in a pit on a snowy day to kill a lion. All right. Well, we have an interesting character uh, that we're going to deal with today. And um, anyone knows the title of the song that just played on the preview video? Jump around. Do you know the artist? How's the pain? All right, all right. Did you? What did you say, Andy? Okay. <laughs> It's not like you said Chris Tucker. I'm like, he's a comedian. <laughs> um, I got a little feedback um, production. Um, so, yeah, welcome. And so the, the series is entitled One Hit Wonder. I want to deal with a few characters over the course of the next few weeks who may have gotten a few verses in the scripture. Um, you have guys like David and obviously Jesus himself, uh, Moses, where entire books have been devoted to their lives. But you also have a lot of people in the scripture, both men and women, who may have gotten four or five verses, but they had profound impact. And um, today, i uh, got to be honest with you, like last week was super cool with Benaiah, but this guy, he, he's one of my favorite. He's easily in my top six or seven and you're going to figure out why here in a minute. But uh, one hit wonder. You, you know, those, those artists who dropped a, a song, and it was amazing, like House of Pain. Or uh, Last week we did uh, the artist, the, the group was Survivor, and their song was, um, what's the Rocky song? Eyes of a Tiger, right? But no one except one knew who Survivor was. But um, we know Eyes of a Tiger. Anytime we want to get pumped up, we throw on Eyes of a Tiger. So, um, yeah, man, I just, this guy is, he is impressive. And um, we're going to jump into the verse. Join me in Genesis 5, first book of your Bible. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Genesis 5 says this, verse 21. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Hold on, time out. So at 65, uh, go back, please. I didn't, I didn't read yet. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm sick. So if I, if I seem a little rude today, excuse me. I'm very cloudy right now. A lot of meds on the inside of me. So uh, he lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. Are you serious? People live that long. Verse 23, Enoch lived 365 years, 24, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared 
because God took him. Anyone ever read that story before in scripture? Show of hands. Cool. Did you read it and keep going or did you stop and, and think about what you just read? You kept going, right? Precisely. One hit wonder. Just kept going. Um, man, he lived for 365 years. I want to deal with some reasons as to why humans may have lived so long. I have a message I want to bring to you entitled Rise Above. Rise Above. And, uh, but I want to deal with why humans lived so long back then. One reason we believe is because, number one, we were created to live forever. And so um, Genesis 5, this is only Enoch was born. Uh, he's seven generations past Adam. We know, and if you've been around church for any length of time, we understand that Adam and Eve, they committed the first sin. And this is what we call the fall. After the fall, um, the process of degeneration a lot of scholars believe, began to occur. So we were created to live forever. Um, Outside of sin, God wanted to walk in perfect fellowship with us. He wanted to do life with us. But because of the fall, the fall or sin introduced death. And so the degeneration process began to occur. So we were created to live forever, but we began to die, as I'm going to show you here a little later. Adam lived until he was 930 years old. Um, Second reason was because of a lack of disease. Uh, This was a very primitive time in human history. I love studying Genesis um, because it really, you know, your mind starts to just think in in terms of trees and and dirt and dust. And, 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 you know, when we're walking around with very little clothes and all this stuff, kind of like cavemen and women. But I love to, to really press into this time of human history because to me it's, it's, it's probably the most, uh, hmm, I want to say pure, but I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's the most vulnerable stage of human history, meaning a lot of things were going on both spiritually and, uh, and practically. So we believe that uh, there was a lack of disease. We, we didn't have things like the common cold or, or the flu or upper respiratory infections going on and all this stuff. It was a lack of disease. Another reason, number three, was to populate the earth. So back then, you know, you had Adam and Eve. Obviously, they would have had children. But who did Cain and Abel have kids with? (laughs) Their sisters. Their sisters. Because at this time, God has not judged... uh, the genetic process. There, there's no judgment on the process. So in order to populate the earth, you must mate with your sister or your cousin or whoever else you need to mate with in order to populate the earth. Genesis 1.26 says, um, multiply, multiply, multiply. So God wanted to fill the earth with humans in the beginning. Why? Because we were created in his image. The word image that you read in Genesis 1, that word image in the Hebrew is representation. And we know that God, um, God, he has all authority. 
So when he created humans, he gave human beings the earth to have dominion over. You have dominion. You have power over over everything that that seeks to, to tear you down and to come against you. You have authority, you have power, you have, you have dominion because you've been created in the image of God. Everything. Everything. You, you don't have to just live in a mere existence and to just accept things the way that they are. When you decide to get up and to do something about your life and to do something about your situation, God's like, all right, I'm ready to do this thing with you because I gave you dominion. So one reason was to populate the earth so that a representation of his spirit would facilitate and rule upon the earth. So they had to populate the earth. And eventually, um, after Noah, God begins to, uh, we believe a lot of scholars, that he begins to judge uh, the genetic basis. So now if you co- you're not cohabitate, now if you breed with your sister or whatever, there could be... Uh, certain things, you know, uh, mental retardation, uh, all these, all these things that happen now. Another reason we believe is the accumulation of knowledge. Men had to live long in order to pass on how to survive. So if I die and I'm 30 and, you know, my wife only knows how to raise a child, But me being a man, I brought home the food. I knew how to kill animals and do all these cool things. And and I die at the age of 30 and and my wife lives on. She doesn't know how to teach my son how to survive or my daughter for that matter. So we believe that God allowed people to live long so that they could pass on their knowledge. These are just some cool little nuggets. Is that okay? Because, I mean, if you read Genesis and you're seeing that they lived on for 900 years and so forth and so on, why in the world and how in the heck was that even possible? But more so in the context of life in this time, evil was prevalent. Um, Enoch is seven generations removed from Adam. And I want to present something to you interesting here in Genesis 6 the chapter after it says this then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them the sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives so marriage in Enoch's time lust was the basis of marriage it was not love it was lust. It was, I like her, I want her, she's mine. And you got to look at this language. It says, the sons of God. <laughs> I'm going to keep going here. It says this here, verse 3, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time. I, I can't keep them around for 900 years. And it says this here, In the future, this is when he... Uh, he, he put a new maximum on it. He said 120, 120. He says in the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. This is why for millennia now, you, you haven't read in history where someone has lived to be over 120. I think the Guinness World Book of Records in our most recent history, the person's like 118 or something. 
because God set this in motion thousands of years ago. So the Bible is it's real. Verse 4 says this, In those days, for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, we do have HL kids. If your child is in here, this is grown people talk. So if you need them to check in there. I don't know what we're going to do if you're bringing your kids in here and we do a series on sex because it's going to come. All right. I, I got no amens. People just like, yeah. We're in church. We don't talk about sex and money. Well, it's the two things we want the most. We're going to talk about sex and money in church. Is that okay? Amen. I'll wait. I'll wait. When you get real, I'll start getting real. Is that good? All right. All right, cool. Y'all come here with y'all church faces, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway, so Andy's cracking up. So when the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes of famous warriors of ancient times. So the sons of God can be otherwise translated as fallen angels or demons. Remember, This is seven generations removed from Adam. Satan is in the garden, and he manifests himself as a serpent. Back in this primitive time, and and we can ask, like, why why didn't God, you know, destroy Satan? Why did he cast him upon the earth and and put him with Adam and Eve? And why why did he do all that? What was the basis for all that? Um, We can ask all that, but, you know, there are going to be certain things that only God can answer once we get to heaven. And so back in this time, and I believe even today, because Paul says that we entertain angels unaware. This is why it's important that when you go into the store or when you're walking in the park, you say hello to people. We we are so myopic in the way that we approach life. You know, my wife was with me the other day, and she was like, "Um, man, you just say hello to everybody. (laughs) Yes, because God created you in his image. And every human being should be honored. I mean, I'm not going to waste my time at a theme park saying hello to you, but if we catch eye contact, I, I hate this. We're, we catch eye contact, and it's like, <laughs> hello, how are you? Are you human? Are, are you human? I am too. How are you, Andy? You're well. All right. We're good. Right? And so it says we entertain angels unaware. You never know who you're passing in the public. And in Genesis, more so, humans had, uh, angels had the ability to manifest themselves in human form. And so what happened was these angels overstepped their place of authority because you gotta, you got to understand that when, when Satan rebelled against God, The Bible says in Revelation that he took one-third of the heavenly hosts with him. So we see Satan in the Garden of Eden, but there are also millions, maybe even billions of demonic entities in the earth at the time. We only see Satan, though. But once the fall happens and God says, "You're, you're outside of the garden, sin opened up, uh... Sin allowed for the earth to be the perfect place for Satan and his angels to now 
now practice their power and, and to exercise their dominion. This is where God cast them. And so as angels saw the, the, the daughters of men, they manifest themselves in human form, and they had intercourse with them, and something happened with the DNA to where when these children were born, they came along and they became giants. The Bible calls them Nephilites. And this is where you get characters like Hercules, Greek gods and goddesses, Diana, all these different entities that we just see as a Disney show or a movie, a cool movie and all this stuff. You you get these giants. Well, it came from this primitive time in human history. Those are fallen demons. And and so Paul encourages us that you got to really guard yourself against the ideals that you allow into your heart and into your mind. When people are, are telling you things and and, and, and they're giving you counsel and they're sharing their philosophy. You really got to check where that stuff comes from. Because everything that sounds good isn't God. And just because it has spirit on it and all that or whatever or, or you know, psychic on it, it's not always God. Hercules was potentially, or the character was potentially a byproduct of a Nephilite. And the story has just passed on for thousands of generations. Now we contextualize it as Hercules. In Genesis 6, God sends a flood. He kills off all the Nephilites. And this is what he does with these angels. Uh, Well, let me read 5 through 6. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had even made them. And put them on earth, and it broke his heart. And this is what he did after, in Genesis 6, he sends the flood. He destroys all the Nephilite giants. But this is what he did to the angelic spirits. Jude 1, verse 6 says this. Jude tells us this. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them. But left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for when Jesus Christ comes back to judge them. In a place of darkness. So the flood, so, so and I love it, we didn't read verse 6 of Genesis uh, 6, one, uh, we didn't read verse 7, but it says there that it broke God's heart, but a man named Noah found favor in God's sight. He sends the flood, the giants get killed, and the, the demons are... I know that's all deep and stuff. With that being said, I, I, I don't know. When, when I didn't know God or, or when I first started following Jesus, are you serious? This is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. You know, but look, it was only, it was only those demonic entities that got locked up. But for thousands of years, they're still operating. Alcoholism, fornication, violence, jealousy, envy, deceit, depression, oppression, addiction, divorce, abuse, 
they, they, they still lie. They still are operating. And the problem with Enoch's generation was Enoch's generation, they were horizontal in the way they processed. They were, they were here. Job, money, Mary, uh, just horizontal. They were lateral. They were lateral. They were, they were just here. Enoch comes along, and guess what? When Enoch's born, Adam is 687 years old. We, don't, we, never, we never read the Bible and see it that way. We, see, we think Adam has died, and, and Seth has died, and Enoch has died, and now it's Enoch. No, Adam is 687 years old. This is his great, 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 great grandfather. And so Adam has taught Enoch about who God is. Let me, let me deal with this here. You can go to church all your life and not know Jesus. <laughs> Adam, Enosh, Mahalalal. I'm going to share all these names in a few minutes. And Enoch. Enoch begins to process vertically. He, he begins to, to hear, he, he, he looks around and he's like, granddad, mom, there's something that happens with Enoch that, that expedites. Mm-hmm. His process. And so if we're doing by tens, and I'm going real ahead of my message right here. I hope you guys are following me. Uh, Adam is 930, but if we do it by tens, Adam, we could say is 90. What makes God take Enoch up by the time he's 30, 36? What's so different about Enoch? Because a long life doesn't, equivocate to a full life a a, a long if it's horizontal it doesn't mean you're full god 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 has so much more for you and and this is what hebrews 11 tells us five through six here it is it was by faith that enoch was taken up to heaven without dying it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. It was by, it was by faith. It was by, it was by faith. It was by, um, can I have a, just a conversation with y'all today? It was, it was, it was by faith. So, uh, the Bible says that faith is the evidence of things unseen. The evidence of, of things not seen. So Jesus tells us in John chapter 4 that God is spirit. Meaning that with our natural eyes, we can't see God. But a lot of us have been told about God. 
And I remember back in school, uh, the teacher could teach his or hers heart out and just lay it all out in a subject, be it math or science, and the teaching could be real good. But the difference between an A student and a C student was how they took what was taught, how they processed it, and applied it. So we can't see God, but we understand from a historical standpoint, I'm talking life to you now, so don't worry about the Bible. I'm, I'm, everything coming out of me is Bible. Don't, don't worry about that. I got you on that. So we understand that Adam taught Enoch about God. But Enoch processed his knowledge of God on a different level. And even though I can't see God, what you're teaching me about God, I'm going to believe God for something greater than what you believed him for. And not only that, I'm going to not just say, I believe God, but I'm going to begin to walk with God. No matter the circumstance, no matter what comes my way, no matter who doesn't like it, no matter who wants to criticize, no matter what mom and dad says, what you've told me about God, I have the power now to trust him for who he is and to just simply walk with him. And I'm going to walk with him. It says that he walked in fellowship with God. This meant that... um, him and God had, um, they had everything in common. The Bible says that God is holy. That word means he's set aside. So what did Enoch do in his generation? He set himself aside for God. The Bible says that God is loving. God is love. So, so what kind of man was Enoch? Enoch was a person who loved unconditionally. The word there is agape, and it actually means that anyone I come into contact with, I want the best for them. So Enoch was someone who, when you met him, he wanted the best for others. He walked in perfect fellowship with God. The Bible says that it was by faith that he was taken up. It's by faith that God's going to elevate you. It's it's by faith that he's going to promote you. It's by faith that God's going to use you. It's by faith that he's going to free you. It's, it's by faith that he's going to elevate you. It's, it's by faith. So I don't see it, but I believe it. And pull up uh, Hebrews. Here it is. It says this here. And it is impossible to please God without faith. I love this. Anyone who wants to come to him, watch this. This is key. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely Seek him. Time out. Time out. These have to go together. If you're going to experience everything God has for you, it starts with your perspective. So, uh, and a lot of people don't have a problem with believing that God exists. But please, for your sake, And for my sake, don't detach this. 
that he rewards those who seek him. So Enoch believed that he exists, but even more important, he believed in the character of who God was. We believe God exists, but we don't believe that he gives good things. We believe God exists, but we don't think he's powerful enough to change us or to change our circumstance or to do the impossible. We believe he exists, but we don't believe that he actually wants us to rise above where we currently are. You have to believe both. You got to believe both. God exists and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He gives good gifts. He gives big presents. He gives big time freedom. He gives peace. He gives comfort. He gives purpose. He gives destiny. He calls us home to heaven. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. He's a rewarder. You got to believe he exists and he rewards. And so Enoch, there's something about Enoch. And, and so a lot of theologians said that Enoch was the benefactor of his time. He was the prophet of his time. Meaning that even though men's uh, hearts were unrepentant, they would look at Enoch and say, that man loves God. The hand of God is on him. There's something about him. Where no matter what comes his way, he's following God. I don't know why I won't. I don't know why I don't connect with him or get with him. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of led to do something different. But there's, they said that he was the prophet of his day. And, and what was so amazing about this is that when he was taken... The entire uh, world knew about it. God, God wants you to rise above. But because he, he wants. How can I put this? He. He wants people to know that when you have risen, that it was only him. He, he wants you to rise above. And I want to give you a few things to rise above. Number one, hit the reset button. The Bible says that at the age of 65 years old, (laughs) after he had Methuselah, and we're going to define that on point number two, what Methuselah means, um, he started to follow God. So there was a point in his life where he was not, and that's totally fine. I remember when, uh, and I don't do it as much anymore, now my, uh, my three-year-old is doing it with, with my nine-year-old son. They're beginning to play video games together. So I remember when I used to play video games, <clears throat> and there were times where I was losing, and it may have been like the final stage or the championship. I would be losing to my cousin or my older brother. And, you know, 10 seconds before the game ends, come on now, Juan, you know, I'm not losing. <laughs> You hit the reset button, right? You feel me? I ain't losing that. Man, what'd you do that for? What's going what's wrong with you? Ah, I'm not losing. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm not staying in depression. I'm, I'm not staying in addiction. I'm, I'm not staying down. Jesus didn't die for me to stay down. He died for me to rise above. Isn't that Easter? Isn't that resurrection? I'm not losing. I'm not losing. And what I think about Enoch was this. There, was, there were things about his character that he understood. It, it wasn't anything outside. It was things about his character that was keeping him from the things of God. It was pride. It, well, I don't know, it was resource, it was status, it was money. I don't know what it was. But he said, if I stay on this path, I'm going to continue to lose. So he hit the reset button. What's a big theological term for all my students here? He repented. All right, we want to learn. We're in a season where we want to learn, right? So he, he repented. That word in, in the Hebrew, it means to turn it means it means to turn or if you were following God at one point, it means to turn back to God and not just general. I mean, there are areas where we need to repent. A lot of us, we want a new relationship. OK. But if this was the dysfunctional direction in my past relationship. And I'm going to continue to be this person while wanting a new relationship. What do you think you're going to do in your next relationship? You're going to squander it. But God is so gracious that, that he, he gives us the time. He gives us the grace. He gives us the forgiveness and he gives us his spirit so that when we're ready to, to change our, in the Greek, it means to change our ways or to change our mind or to change the way we communicate or to change how we're offended or to change this or that or, or to change. I'm, he gives us everything we need to hit the reset button. So the question is, is have I... Have I repented of my sin? That was the biggest issue in primitive human history. It wasn't that God didn't exist. It was that the heart of man continually thought evil. You can hit the reset button today. You can start to have a new mindset today. You can start to form new habits today. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to remain offended today. Can I, can I minister this to you? In any time there is an unmet expectation in your life, I thought that by then I would be here, or I thought that by then this would be happening, or I thought that this person was going to do this. Can I help you? Just hit the reset button. God is still a rewarder. God will work it out. It's coming your way. But what you have to do is you have to align your heart with the character of who God is so that you don't ultimately miss what God has for you. 
you gotta you gotta hit the reset button. Number two, aim higher. Okay, good time. <clears throat> aim higher. Bible says that he named his son Methuselah. The um, the Hebrew meaning of Methuselah is man of the dart. Man of the dart. <laughs> or spear, but dart. They teach you that whenever you're playing darts, um, and, you know, you want to hit where you want to hit, be it the bullseye, whatever score you want to get. They teach you that you, you have to, whenever you want to hit a target, you got to aim higher. You got to elevate the help, right? You, you know about this. You feeling me, right? So Enoch, 65 years old, he sees the, um, the consequence of living horizontal. He began to trust and to hear vertically. He begins to now aim higher, and we know this because he names his, he names his son Methuselah. And whenever you name your child something, a lot of times in, in ancient Hebrew culture, it's because that's the way in which you wanted your life to go. Methuselah, man of the dart, whenever you want to hit a target, you aim higher. Why? Because darts travel in parabolic states. So they travel up and they end up going into the target. They travel like this. They travel like this. They travel like this. They travel like this. So, <laughs> you want to rise above, right? You, you want what God wants for you, right? You got to aim higher. You got to aim higher. You got to aim, aim higher in your... You know, when we started this church, I didn't just want to preach. This could be a big Bible study. You know, that there's a vision this year to give $25,000 to outreach. Last year, we gave 13000 Got to aim higher, right? And we're well on our way to doing that. Yes, uh, I think it was yesterday we sent some superheroes out to family services. Was that a good time for you? That was a good time. Because um, we have a city to serve. Do, do you want to be married or do you want to take care of someone and serve someone for the rest of your life? The, the target is marriage. The aim should be service. The target is to conceive a child. The aim should be be a great parent. And, and to create a faith-filled context, not, sh not shoving Jesus down their throats, but a, 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 a place of faith to where they can encounter the Spirit of God and begin to know who they are in God. Because, you know, as they get older, they can step out into their purpose and step towards their destiny. The aim should be not to just have a child, but to create a place where they know who God is. Is the aim to get out of debt? Or, as Corinthians says, Paul says to the Corinthian church, is the aim to get out of debt so that you can be generous on every occasion? So I want to get out of debt. Why? You want to go on a vacation? That's great. 
about this? God wants you to get out of debt so that when someone needs something, you have the money that they need to give them. The aim has to be higher. That your thinking has to be higher. I, I, had to, I had to think myself strong this morning. Had every reason to stay in the bed. You hear it in my voice. I had to think myself. I had to say, I love preaching. I love changing lives. I love when people show up. I love when people meet Jesus. I love it. I had to begin to think higher. Think higher. Think higher. Think higher. Think higher. Process higher. Aim higher. Aim higher. Success. 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 May I, may I, um, may I give you this? God's definition of success is greater than your definition of success. I'll show you in Isaiah 55. Here it is. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth. What, what is God saying? God is saying, I'm past a nice 401k. I'm, I'm, I'm past status and popularity. He's saying I'm past all, he, he's saying I'm past all these things. There's something greater I want to do. Think, think higher. Um, I was heading to medical school before I said yes to my calling. And being a first-generation pastor and church planter, I didn't know where the resource was going to come from because I didn't have a grandfather pass me down to church with, with a budget of a million dollars and a staff of 15 people and a church of 3,000. I had me, my wife, and Chris. I don't say that. It's the way I sound. Normally I'm joking on you, but I said I'm sorry. And my wife, we were talking about this the other day. Because she had a patient. And no, you need doctors. But you need doctors that love Jesus. The, the aim has to be higher. We had some coffee the other day. Yeah, yeah. You got a big dream on your heart, right? And you're going to do it. Because you're aiming higher. So, um, yeah, I'm like, wow, I can do med school, do my residency, fellowship, all that. Come out, quarter mil, 300000 I'm good to go. I'm like, man, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know how I'm going to take care of my family. But the, the Bible says that by faith. There, there are some things that you're trying to see with your physical eyes that you're never going to see. You can one day if you allow yourself to be led by your spiritual eyes. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When God began to call me, my initial thought was this. 
where is the money going to come from? But that wasn't God's thoughts. So what I needed to do is I needed to align my thoughts with his thoughts so that I could get his results. My thoughts, his thoughts, his thoughts were this. I don't care about the money because I've promised to provide. What I need you to start thinking about, though, is not self, but others. Because if you don't get this right, they won't know me. Aim higher. Aim higher. God is challenging so many of you in your thought life right now. And there are certain areas where you are not trusting him. And it's preventing you from hitting the target. It is comfort will prevent you from hitting the target. Self-imposed definitions of what success looks like will prevent you from hitting the target. I'll put it to you like this. We said aim higher, right? So we said having kids, good aim, good, good target. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids. Kyra will tell you that when we conceived Judah, and we also have Jay, I think about Judah, but I'm in a place in my life where I'm thinking about his kids. If God says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids, I want my thoughts to be as such. Higher. I'm going to pass with a C. Mm-mm. What do you have to do to get the A? We're on the brink of divorce. Mm -mm. What do you have to do to save that marriage? What do you got to do? Think higher. And point number three is this. Sorry, I'm sick, so I'm all over the place. I'm not behaving. What's point number three? Walk with God. It's the shortcut. It's the shortcut. Pull up my chart, please. Adam, 930. Seth, 912. Okay, I'm going to try to finish this in five minutes. Enosh, 905. Uh, Kenan, Kenan, whatever. 910. Mahalalel, 895. Jared, his dad, 962. And Enoch, 365. Bring back my point. Bring back the chart. Bring back my point. Bring back the chart. Bring back my point. 
Bring back the chart. Babe, come with me real quick. I need to do this in like five minutes. All right, cool. So, wait, stay right here. You represent God. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm loopy, man. I'm actually ready to go back to bed. Come on, all right. You represent God. Is this interactive? Good. All right. Babe, don't be rubbing my hand. <laughs> All right, you're going to take me to that present because that present represents everything that God has for us. It's our peace, our joy, our purpose, our freedom. You're going to take me to that present. You're going to take me around the production to that present, okay? We're going to walk this way. You ready? All right. Wait, hold, hold on, God. All right. I know it's a shortcut, but it's not, you know, so. Walking with God, fellowshipping with God, it's okay. We're not formal today, so don't worry, crowd. Don't worry. Just fellowshipping with God, reading my Bible, praying, going to light group. And, uh, you know, life starts to happen. Life starts happening. Trauma of life and the stress of life starts to occur. Oh boy. I'm gonna just chill. Take this Sunday off. Someone laughing because it's true. I'll get a light, I'll get to small group next week. I'll pray. Kyra, what I need you to do is I need you to walk to the stage and come back. To where I left you. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead at, at, at a pretty decent speed. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep doing it. Get a little exercise on. And then go back. Um, you know, life happening. and I haven't read my Bible in two months. Only time I really pray is when there's a crisis. God, I need something. Or someone's sick. I hate this job. Hate my career. Oh, it's Easter. Okay, I'll go to church. Babe, I said I keep walking back. I'm trying to illustrate something. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. It's Easter. I guess I'll get up and go to church now. That was good. Go get me some God. I mean, this is why I left him. Well, we complain about the same old things still and you know, I don't write down my prayers. The prophet Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision, make it plain so that he who reads would run and that it will come to pass. I got dreams. I believe God put things on my heart, but I don't even write them down. Just get discouraged. Well, Christmas, might as well get up and go to church. Oh, man. 
church. Keep going, God. Where is God? The, the, see, the issue is, is this. God, God has circled us so many times in life. But when we let go of him, when we stop trusting, when we give up, we, we, we elongate the process of getting to every seasonal prize and reward that he has for us. The thing that expedited Enoch's process was the fact that once he started to walk with Jesus, he held on to Jesus. And so therefore, what takes people 90 years to accomplish and to experience in the prime of Enoch's life, when he had children, when he had a profession, when he was busy out of his mind with work, when he was preaching and telling people the flood's about to come, repent, trust God, he has so much for you. In the busyness of life, oh, you know, I'm too busy. Enoch said, I'm not too busy because it's not a false dichotomy. If it weren't for God, I wouldn't have anything, any business, anything, anywhere. But even in the midst of life, Enoch kept his relationship with his God at the center. And because of it, his process was expedited. Can I tell you something? I'm 31 years old. Okay, we're going to check out of here. I'm 31 years old. Come on and uh, play us out. And I get a number of people that ask me, um, what in the world has happened? Like, why is God doing so many great things? No feather on my cap. And they say, man, it all happened so quick. You're so young. What they don't understand is this. It's been 12 years of some hard times holding on to Jesus. So let me tell you this. God wants to do this in your life. God wants for people to look at your life and say, wow, that was quick. But you know that ultimately it was two years, three years, five years of just holding on to Jesus. God's way is the shortcut. Satan would otherwise tell you different. But every, everything you want, everything you need, the person that you need to become, it's all wrapped up in your relationship, in your walk with Jesus Christ. Now, this is what you do, and we're going to get out of here. You're going to hit the reset button because God is gracious. 
You're going to aim higher. And you're going to walk with God. You're going to walk with God. You're going to get up and pray. You're going to read your Bible for at least five minutes a day. You're going to get in a light group. You're going to serve in the church and outside the church. And you're just going to make this a habit. Build it into who you are. So that what's taking people a lifetime to try to get from God will only take you a few years to get from God. Let's bow our heads, church. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. God, I pray that you would work salvation right now in this place. And Lord, those that you're calling to trust in you, those that you're calling to repentance, Lord, that you would give them the strength to do so. Bless them, Lord. All heads bowed, church, please pray. On the count of three, if you're going to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just want you to simply raise your hand. We want to pray with you and celebrate you. On the count of three, you can be made new. Your sins are forgiven. God loves you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. On the count of three, you raise those hands high. One, every head bowed. Two, three. Raise them high. Raise them high. Raise them high. Your first time coming to the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands down. Thank you. Church, let's celebrate. Salvation has reigned in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, just repeat after me. Father God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a good Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.